Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today we are getting by coastal Today I'm joined by a master of front-facing comedy videos, a long-haired maven, and a Nora Jones enthusiast. Please welcome to the mic, Michael Benjamin! Hi! Hello! Welcome! Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you? Good. Thank you for um, also listing Nora Jones. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you're contractually obligated to from the writer I sent you, but yeah, 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 and yeah, I, I wouldn't have done my research. It wouldn't have started out comfortable right. <laughs> if I didn't know that fact about you. Your deep research of every bio of mine having her name. <laughs> it was a long, you know, the team was on it for a while. Very tedious. A lot of interns had to look that one up. People ask me all the time if it's a bit, because like I do love Nora Jones, uh-huh. and I just thought it was like a funny bio being like Nora Jones, follow me back or something. Because like most people don't really care about Nora Jones anymore, so in the way it's funny. But I do genuinely love Nora Jones, so in the way it's kind of a bit. But like, because like I think it's funny that I'm like Nora Jones's only stan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also the best comedy comes from honesty. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Nora, if you're listening, just follow Nora. follow him back on. Just one platform. Like, make it weird when they're, like, TikTok or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, she, like, super likes you on Scruff or something. <laughs> Nora Bones. Nora Bones. Oh, so, Michael, where are you from? I'm from an hour outside of San Diego. Um, I tell people San Diego, and they think, like, palm trees and whatnot. And I'm from ranch, mountains, very country, huge family bunch of hillbillies just living the california dream yeah (laughs) Uh, i do the same thing i'm from hillsborough oregon but most people who aren't from oregon have no idea what that means so i'm from none i'm from portland according to right right right. one of those um so were you are you a rancher do you do no um, i mean it's funny because like my boyfriend's from uh i have a boyfriend brag um my boyfriend's from Ohio and I make fun of him because you know being from California we're so like elitist on our state though I did live in Chicago I have a little bit of Midwest um history um but from Ohio I make fun of him but he's from like the most tame pretty suburby beautiful street um very normal and um my family does not live there anymore they're they're more towards the city now but I brought him to where I'm from and uh He's like, this is where you're from, and you made fun of me. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Fair point. Like, we had, like, chickens and goats and such. And, like, we didn't have neighbors. Like, we had, like, a ranch-style house with, like, corrals and things. And we couldn't see the nearest neighbor. So it very much was rural. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, we didn't have money. Very rural. Um, my mom is Catholic, and my, she has uh, four, she's one of 15, well, 14 um, siblings. So I just kind of grew up. Um, 
sorry if the helicopter's loud. I just kind of grew up uh, with my cousins and we had like uh, dozens and dozens of cousins over 50 or 60. And we just all um, did walks and hikes and swam in lakes and stuff. Very country. By the time you get like 50 cousins, do people start to have the same name? Um, surprisingly, not as many as you think. Mm. Um, what does happen though, is I know all of my cousins, um, and not to dive right into politics. I used to be real close with my family, you know, 2015, 2016, or even earlier. I started realizing a lot of my family members like, oh, we don't click. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, what did happen is I have about 50 or so, cause I have four siblings. Um, my, all of my aunts and uncles have at least, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight kids or whatever. So there's a ton of them. I know all of my first cousins. But when they started having kids, out the door. Every Thanksgiving, we used to rent a sixth grade camp because it's the only place we all fit. Um, And it was cheap. It was out where we lived. It wasn't very expensive. It sounds luxurious. It was not. We were sleeping on cots. But (laughs) it's the only place where there was like like a big hall for all of us to come and the kids to come. And we could all like stay a weekend together because like God knows my family couldn't afford like, you know, a big hotel for everybody. Anyway. But, like, there were multiple times I'd be, like, in the bathroom or something, multi-person bathroom, mm. and I'd be, like, at, like, a urinal or something, and, like, some, like, kid walks in, and I'm, like, who are you? Or I'd, like, be, like, in, like, the play area, I'm, like, who are you? And, like, oh, Cousin Kelsey had another kid or something. So that is always strange, because I see on Instagram, and it's, like, you have four kids now? Wild. Uh, I do know all my first cousins' names, though. Well, there, that's good. I know all my first cousins' names, but there are seven total <laughs> yeah <laughs> right well that's that's my mom my parent i've never had married parents but that's my mom's side of the family my dad has one sister mm-hmm. and one who and she has one daughter i've not seen them seen them like once in my life that's his whole family oh. so it's very like um very like opposite ends of family status maybe that's how we find people maybe maybe that's the magic. well they didn't work out so don't take don't take that message from that fair, but fair. um <laughs> I do, I do really love having a big family though. It was really like, I mean, I said it before, but like I grew up with cousins, not friends. I didn't make friends till like late elementary school, middle school. Cause we just all were with our cousins. Was cousin life like super sporty or was there kind of like a mix yeah. of like, we made like the family band or any of that? Mix of all of that because we were, you know, everyone went to church and everyone was super religious. So everyone did a bunch of music stuff, church music stuff and part part of not having money is you know we just sat in grandma grandpa's backyard all day um or our backyard all day and we just threw rocks and went on hikes and it was fun i feel like it was a really nice sense of adventure that like not to sound like a boomer but like you know even now kids with like you know all of their um we didn't have internet with us mm-hmm. i didn't have a, i didn't have internet till high school um so like there was like a disconnect of us really in our own worlds that i, I get nostalgic for sometimes that i feel like i feel bad for people who aren't going to always have that like they're like middle schoolers who are up to date on like what's going on in the middle east or whatever and part of that's good but you know (laughs) the other side of that is that like i think i had a real idealistic just uh wilderness uh having fun childhood that uh it would have been nice to have rich parents but it was fun (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know to each their own every i'm sure the no i was gonna say i'm sure rich people are like it would have been fun to be no they're perfectly happy where yeah no they're chill they're chill was there like music playing in your house growing up yeah um big country music Uh, my grandpa was in the rodeo so that kind of tells you what my family's vibes are and uh 
my uncles are big. It's so funny because it's like they're like cowboys, but it's also just like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like they like they like the idea of being a cowboy because we were country and some had horses and like it was country. But like they think they're ranchers or like Texas ranchers or like, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so like uh, the music we listened to a lot was um, country though. My, my, my grandparents' favorite artists were like uh, Johnny Cash, Emmylou Harris, Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstead, Garth Brooks, all the staples. Yeah. Um, I really like an artist called Iris Dement who they used to play um, folk country. No, that's kind of a thing in, like, the area of Oregon that I grew up to, where, like, a lot of people would, like, put on their, like, I mean, there were full-on farmers sometimes, but, like, you could you put on, like, farmer drag. Right. Where they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, super country, and I'm like, babe, we live on a cul-de-sac, like, this yeah. is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was not on a cul-de-sac, but it's similar vibes of, yeah. like, you just you you bought you bought a three bedroom house that happens to have like a, a cabin look. Like mm-hmm. calm down. You drive a Toyota Sienna, chill out. <laughs> um they have like two dogs and they're like ranch life. <laughs> Our chickens were all eaten by foxes once, and I think my dad was relieved because he didn't want that to happen. But then it was kind of like, Yeah, I don't like having animals to take care of. So when we got to like middle schoolish, we kinda of stopped having like we had goats when we were kids, but we kinda of stopped having any sort of like wildlife. We had the crowds for them, but all of that was kind of out the door. My best friend had, they were like urban chicken farmers and he was dating a boy who also had a chicken, um, but needed to like rehome this chicken. And, uh, I didn't know this. You might know this, but chickens are like intensely herd animals. And if you like introduce a new chicken to the collective, they hate them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the 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 boyfriend's chicken that was given did not make it. Uh, they kill each other. Yeah, they fully pecked that chicken to death. Yeah, absolutely. It was brutal. Did you? I will. Something we thought was funny is if you open the coop, um, a rooster or chicken will like sprint and chase you. Some of them, if they're very territorial, so like you open the chicken coop or something and then just run and it'll chase you. And that's how you learned how to work out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see everybody, but my abs are out. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, just for me. It's just you know, to make the make it more comfortable for all people involved. I hope you're in, I hope you're enjoying it. By the way, yeah, thank you, thank you so much for bringing that of course onto this podcast. Um, so when did you realize that you were hysterical? Thank you. Um, I don't. Um, first of all, thank you. Um, I think when I realized I liked, I was like one of those monstrous children who liked attention in middle school. Uh. Well, I did theater in elementary school. I was rather, I was like, not not to be like, I'm shy, but like someone who's like absolutely not shy. Like every like young star in Hollywood likes to go on a talk show and be like, I'm shy. No. You're not shy. <laughs> Something people don't know about me is I'm actually really shy after they tell like an hour long story. Um, I'm actually an introvert. introvert. Right. I like really like to be by myself. People like love to make themselves see like I'm like the most actually the most unique person. It's like it's okay to just be outgoing and like attention. That's me. That's the, <laughs> everybody wants to be Daniel Day Lewis, and it's like why? Right, exactly. Like the person in the corner of the bar twirling their hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quick tangent before I answer your question, Absolutely. which I think I forgot part of your question. You it. know when you see people like tweet like like um like a me at fire island and it's like somebody like in the pool with a piece of pizza or something yes everyone else at fire island and they're like like the the quintessential guys that have or something and you're like that's absolutely not you you are them 
and that's okay. That is fine. That party is for you. You blend in perfectly. You absolutely are not an outsider, um, but cute to thinking you are. Just go um, have fun. Right. There's <laughs> anyway. There's this new trend that I it's driving me bonkers. There is a Sunday party in Brooklyn that um, is all the rage these days, and it's a good time. But I feel like every time Sunday comes around, it's just a bunch of people like making cutesy faces and being like, not me going to blah, blah, blah again. Right. And I'm like, you could just go. Right. Or like, no, it makes perfect sense you're going to that party. And that's okay. That is fine. Um, why does that um, make sense? Because every other night you're out. <laughs> like, it just, it tracks with you. Twitter is for dicks and jokes and that's it. So. Right. I'm actually really shy. Babe, you dance on tables naked every weekend. <laughs> like, it's fine. Own it. Um, we, you know we can see you, right? Um, <laughs> which is fine. I'm not trashing anybody. It's just a matter of, like, we can see that this isn't you being authentic. <laughs> yeah, like, be that. That's fun. If you were just like, I'm the person who dances on tables naked, we're like, there for it perfect you're getting an invite to my party um wait your question was what um when did you realize you were hysterical oh that wouldn't it be funny if i remembered i just wanted to say it again (laughs) um i do remember uh a pivotal moment in like how i tried to like handle something with comedy which was like an upsetting time um my where i grew up was very conservative it was public fucking school but i went to um but i it was the eighth grade speech contest and uh I wanted to do a um, speech on gay marriage Mm -hmm. and uh, they based the district told me, no, that's too political and controversial. And we don't, we're worried what we're worried what other people may say about it is what they kind of told me. And they told me no. And it was a public school talking about political topics. Like people were doing like abortion, eighth graders, but gay marriage, but the the stance on the abortion was pro-life. The girl who won, um, I think her name was Madison Hanton. She docks her. Yeah, she was very smart. Um, but she did pro, um, I mean, anti-gun control, pro-guns. And she won, of course. Cool. But I remember I did this, ended up doing a speech on climate change, and they allowed me to do that. And I had the point of view of, like, this is my backup topic. And I kind of put that, put that in to, like, the way I delivered the speech of, like, very much, like, this is not what I wanted to do kind of thing. Not that I didn't care about climate change when it's a matter of that's not what I was going to do. And I was told I couldn't, but I remember I made a lot of people laugh and people were like, uh, you made the best of a situation that wasn't your first choice, kind of like platitudes kind of thing. And I do remember in, in, in that time being kind of like, Oh, wait a second. I can be funny and get my point across. That was much nicer than being sad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I got more attention. <laughs> yeah. I used to do shit like that all the time. I d- truly don't know how I have friends from high school. I was of the school of, um, oh my God, you're so real, which really just means you're a bitch. <laughs> and I would like uh, stick to my guns in a way that I don't think was like that smart all of the time. But I do remember being brought into the principal's office for like the first time um, because my senior project had a poster that had a photo of two people, a heterosexual couple, kissing. And someone thought that it was inappropriate. And what just, grade was this? This is, I'm a senior. Like, I'm already going to college. Yeah. Like, some people <laughs> that age have multiple kids. Right. And at my high school. Just ask my family. Yeah. At my high school, had multiple kids. The uh, girls' basketball team was, half of them were lesbians and half of them had babies. And they all have happy lives now. Hot. 
<laughs> so hot. But yeah, I remember being in that office and the principal essentially being like, I could tell you to stop, but like, we've been teaching you for four years and we know that you won't. I'm like, why, why, why does this matter? Like, let the kid do the gay marriage speech, let two <laughs> like heterosexual outlines kiss on a flyer. It's not that serious. Yeah, it kind of like we're losing the narrative here a little bit. Yeah, it's just a little, just a little bit. Were you out when you were trying to do this speech or no? No, but people knew. Um, I came out by just kind of being myself and people know when I was like 14, 15, I kind of always joke that my slutty phase was like early high school. Cause like 14, 15, I was like hooking up with guys nice. in theater. Um, and, uh, I had a boyfriend from like 16 to 18. Ooh. Yeah. We were just like monogamous boyfriend, high school, couple years. Um, so yeah, I was out. We were kind of like the only couple though. And we, we, we tried to like, we tried to be pretty invisible. Um, but uh, high school actually wasn't that bad of a time for me, um, even being in a conservative area. But it was such a huge school. You could kind of be invisible and find your groups. I went from a tiny middle school, the only middle school in the town, to coming down, we call it down the hill, because you go into like the suburbs, which we call the, the big city. Um, so I had like an hour bus ride to school until we got our cars. Um, but uh, we would come, you know, down the hill an hour to the high school. And now we're in a high school of 3,000 people. So it was going from like, we knew every single person to like, holy shit, I've never seen this many people. So um, it kind of blended in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was out all of high school. Um, and uh, high school was kind of like a fun time. I know people like, a lot of people have really bad times in high school and I kind of feel bad for them. And, and that's very, you know, I'm not discrediting anybody. That's, um, everyone's experience is valid, but I'm just thankful because I had a horrible time in middle school. Um, yeah, I was out and had gay friends and had a good friend group and met other people, like-minded people, and it was nice. That's so nice. No, I, I liked high school, too. I had a great time. Middle school, I think, is literally the worst idea that we have in America. It is the worst. I know, and, and I know everyone has a bad time in middle school, but, like, fuck, it was the worst. Well, and ours was only two years. It was only seventh and eighth grade. Oh, no, we were sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So it's like, why, why even just put seventh? in elementary school and eighth in high school and let's not make a whole new school. it feels it feels weird right although i think four years of high school is enough yeah well, yeah four years of any education i am like good well the middle school thing is like when people are in it for two years it feels so strange to be like freshman senior in two years yeah you're like, i kind of think middle school should be three years yeah because then you have like ev- the best parts of school are the like in-betweens well and and like like you look at a sixth grader in middle school and then a kindergartner in elementary school, those are two extremely different human beings. Very true. So like, not that a fifth grader and a kindergartner aren't, but we're talking like a literal child and then somebody who is beginning to understand how the world works. Um, and they're in the same, they get, they get, they get picked up in the same loop. <laughs> um, so I think three years of middle school kind of is better yeah. despite the torture, but like it makes more sense. It just, and everyone smells. So just like combine them and put them in a spot. Yeah, that's true. God, yeah, that's so true. (laughs) I'm just like remembering like the locker room smell of middle school. Just Axe, Axe. Axe body spray, right. So much Axe (laughs) body spray everywhere. The gym clothes you didn't wash for weeks. That you just kept in that locker? Like till they get moldy. Wow, yeah, we did that. And teachers said that was cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> little metal drawer, absolutely. Oh, God. No, thanks. So after high school, where'd you go? What'd you do? I went to San Diego State, stayed home, stayed low. That's not true. I went to, San, I went to San, uh, Sacramento State mm-hmm. first semester, hated it. Um, I was, both my brothers are gay, which is um, kind of funny. Um, but I was roommates with my older brother. And then I would visit my twin brother. I have an identical twin brother in San Francisco. So all three of us were up there for a little bit. And that was fun. But I hated the school. So I went down to San Diego State where I should have gone in the first place. And I majored in film. Um, and I did a lot of comedy. Made some comedy short films. Performed. And then graduated and was as aimless as ever. And I was like, okay, I want to do, if I want to do comedy, I want to try it. And uh, I had a friend who works in theater. She was like, I'm going to move to Chicago next year to do some shows. And I was like, Chicago, that sounds fun. And at the time I worked at the Apple store. So I emailed the Apple store and I was like, what if I move next year? Do you guys want to have room or whatever? And they're like, we don't look that far ahead. This is retail, you idiot. <laughs> um, we have a spot right now, though, if you want to interview. And I um, spent my lunch break thinking and I emailed them and said yes. And then I told my parents and they're like, I told them I'm moving. And they're like, where? I'm like, Chicago. And my dad was excited. My mom was horrified. And then I moved like a week later, a city I've never been, didn't know a single person there. Um, wow. Could not have been more of a stranger to anything. Um, riding public transit, um, being in a big city, having no car, having no lifeline at all. I remember one time I was thinking, like, if I get hit by a bus, like, I should just get on Grinder and see who's closest because I have no one. Oh, yeah. And, it's um, yeah. And <laughs> it was really fun. It was really fun. And it was, it was fun because I did it when I was young and dumb and poor. Still poor now, but not as poor. And now I have health insurance and I have things that, um, I don't know, I have adult brain now. And mm-hmm. back then I had young, dumb brain and nothing mattered. And in a way it was so beautiful. Um, I was so poor. I, got, I ended up getting a studio because I lied. I, um, they asked for a photo of your bank statement. And I photoshopped some like Apple, some like Apple investment, something of like stock options, something that I had because I worked in retail Apple. And I made it look like the options I had was my actual bank statement. And it was like five grand when I did not have that. And they're like, okay, even though you don't make enough money to ha- live by yourself because you have enough for like six months of rent, we'll give you the studio fully Photoshopped it. And that was kind of my introduction to like fake it till you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I slept on the floor of my studio with a little, like a little mattress topper for weeks until I got the world's cheapest mattress you could ever find. Um, but I was so poor and it was wonderful. Aw, Chicago's fun. And I loved it. I was doing free shows and... Yeah. Cooking rice. <laughs> Just taking a fun little adventure. When I started making friends, they're like, oh, can we go to your place? I was like, I guess. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> Sit on the floor. I was so proud of myself, though. Like, I really, like, made my own space. And the studio was the size of a bedroom. Yeah. But, like, I really made my own space, and I was really happy. I'd be, like, um, in Cheetah Girls 1, the girl that is in foster care. I'd be like, you can drop me off, like, near my house, but not at my house. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I will say, I, I keep talking about how far I was. Um, I don't mean to joke about that. Um, I had a very, my, if I ever need, like, my family would have never let me be on the streets. I had, I had a support system. If I ever texted my mom, mom, I need you to pay rent this month, she'd find a way to do it. Like, um, but, you know, I was stubborn and new in a city, and I don't have rich parents. And it was kind of like, damn, I, like, didn't realize how much of a lifeline my parents were, even when I lived in San Diego. Like, just going over to mom's for dinner or stealing toilet paper on the way out. Like when I'm fully away from my family, it's like, fuck, I'm on my own. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, my whole family still lives in Hillsboro. So like 
yeah, like the concept of like going over to my mom's for a weekend sounds delightful. Uh, right. But just like something that as an adult, I have no concept of. Right. Which is, it's nice. I can do that now because I'm in LA and my family's in San Diego. It's only about a two, three hour drive. And there have been weekends where I'm like, oh, I just want to see my mom. Yeah. Moms are great. That's very nice. Moms are good. So Michael, you took this adventure to Chicago. You have a million cousins. You knew how to diffuse stressful situations with comedy. And I just have to ask you, why are you like this? Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I just have to ask you, why are you like this? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, I guess there's no other alternative. <laughs> um, it's a first on the pod. <laughs> I don't know. I think what I've got to do it. How many people say immediately? I don't know. Oh, everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like it almost be psychopathic to be like, here's the work I did to why I'm like this. Mm. Um, I think, I think being gay and it can, I mean, a lot of people understand this, but being gay and it's conservative area, knowing you're gay. Um, I've always enjoyed making people laugh. Uh, I've always been kind of in my own bubble of creating things. I always like having at least something that I'm pretending I'm working on. Like I have a movie I'm writing right now. And by that, I mean, I have a notes app idea um, (laughs) that I like tinkering with. I think a big part of my identity is being a twin, um, being an identical twin. And I don't realize it's a part of my identity until I realize how much I talk about it. Yeah. Um, It's nice that you like your twin. I do. Uh, we get along. He fucking sucks, but we, like we get along in like a sibling sense. Uh, I think a lot of my identity is growing up in a small town, which I make jokes about it because I haven't lived in a small town for a decade. I've lived in the the second and third biggest cities in the country for the last decade, but like still so much of my identity is a small town. Um, period. Yeah. I love that. I I too have a notes app that it's things that I'm working on. And the second you get any leeway, any headway on it, you start working on something else immediately. Like just fully like, Oh yeah, it's on my, it's in my funny journal. And then I'll go back and look at it and be like, Mary Kate Olsen with a grill. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, uh, a movie that I think impacted me a lot. And a lot of people have this exact same answer, um, which is interesting, especially gay people. Um, dropped at gorgeous. Absolutely. 
not to be like I was there first. I was there first. <laughs> and I think we I think we all think we are. Yeah. Um that movie was so profoundly funny to me. And I think people also talk about how a lot of it like wouldn't hold up today. It's like obviously. I always hate when people say that by the way. Um when people are like people like decide to do like um Friends, one of the most popular shows of all time, but how much of it would hold up today if it was written today? It's like not much because it's 20 years old. It just like, wouldn't be written. Right. I don't know. I feel I feel like people I feel like people think that their point of view is stronger than it is, which is like, yeah, we need better content, more modern, diverse, different voices. Absolutely. But like when people are like, let's analyze this show and see if it would hold up. Like, let me save you the time it wouldn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's uh I've talked about this before, but it's like the the thing we need to fix is the stuff that we're making and it needs to be a more diverse and like less of a singular voice world but going back right. and taking out a golden girls episode where they put on mud masks isn't it, you're not actually saving anyone because it's already been seen it's already been made and it's already in syndication right i mean i think there are some things that like that never should have been made let's get rid of that absolutely but like to your point exactly about like that like golden girls like I think there are things, mind you, I am very white and I, my opinion on certain matters mean nothing. I should be listening, not speaking, um, which is a good lesson for all white people. Um, but I feel like some things should have conversations and we should look at why is that wrong? Why do people not like that? Whether it's about, you know, gay or gay, gay people or whatever, LGBTQ community or whatever. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago, like even in like 2010, like, trans was a punchline tranny or whatever and like i used to go to comedy shows all the time and like by drag queens people who we assume are like super in tune with lgbtq community like tranny whore crack tranny whatever like was very commonly a punchline yeah so it's like we look at even like not that long ago by people we wouldn't expect and we're like ooh, bad that's bad not good so we should always be listening and learning from mistakes of past, whether our own or other people. Um, but uh, I don't remember how we got on this topic. But um, but yes, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that comedy was so funny to me. Well, and there's like a, there's a, it ends up being a pissing contest about like who loves the thing that you loved as a child more. But absolutely, it is fun to be around a group of gay people and be like, okay, but... I loved Drop Dead Gorgeous and like the room also loves Drop Dead Gorgeous where if I am in a collective of straight people, I guarantee you haven't seen it unless you were like, my gay friend made me watch. (laughs) You know what, although I would say my dad loves it, but he also has three gay sons. Um, You know what uh, movies more modern has a similar vibe of gay people love it, especially small town gay people. Um, I was talking with my friend Lewis about this. Uh, young adult. It's so good. It's so good. But it wasn't seen by enough people. And I not enough people understood it. Um, but I think it's like, no notes. Great movie. I think it's like Shirley's best. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that, but I also wouldn't argue it. Yeah. I wouldn't argue it's that. It's just, it's good. But yeah, there are those movies. I mean, like the movie Camp. I guarantee you didn't see it if you weren't gay. Right. Um, but you get in these in these groups, and then all of a sudden, it's like the thing that's like yours or like your idol that you held on to as well, a Well, specifically movies that weren't, quote unquote, made for gay people. Yeah. You know? Like, A Star is Born. 
made for gay people, made for every, made for straight people, but huge gay appeal. Made for uh, straight date night and made for gay, Absolutely. Pe- gay people alone. <laughs> Wait, but you know what's funny about that briefly? Mm. Um, uh, you, you might know my boyfriend, Cameron. Um, Cameron is a journalist uh, and he interviews celebrities mm-hmm. um, all the time. Um, he has an interview with Sam Mendes. Is that his name? No. No. That's the director. Yes. Sam Elliott. Yes. Sam Elliott. With the mustache. Um, with the mustache. Mm-hmm. Star is Born. Cameron interviewed Sam Elliott for some other movie Sam Elliott did. But it was around the same time as A Star is Born, so Sam Elliott was real buzzy. Um, wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for that? Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, Cameron did an interview with him, and uh, there were so many straight people in the comments of this YouTube video from AV Club of like, who was this pansy interviewing Sam Elliott? I bet Sam Elliott was trying not to laugh the entire time. Who's this queer? And it was like, oh my God, so many straights, men are so angry that a gay man is interviewing Sam Elliott. It's like Sam Elliott has straight stands. It was very strange. That's so... Sam Elliott was perfectly lovely and enjoyed Cameron. It was just like funny that like, Sam Elliott was probably like went home and busted up laughing. It's like, I just don't think he did. <laughs> I don't think he did. I, it's crazy to assume that any actor has somehow found a way to make any movie with emotional content and not encountered a gay person. Not encountered a gay person. Literally. <laughs> like, I need you guys to understand this. Sam Elliott did a Netflix sitcom. He has been around gay people. He knows. And it was a very straight show. No gay people watched it. But behind the scenes, <laughs> he has interacted with gay people. He has had a sassy gay person yell at him for not making call times. That's just, it's always so crazy to me where they're like, this is my idol. And I'm like, you do know that they're in a field that is queer, right? Did you watch um, America's Next Top Model? Yes, especially when I had sick days as a youth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. America's Next Top Model, Judge Judy, all the all the big hits. Um Talk but, about um, Tyra hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally. Or or hold up exactly as they should. As they should. Um I do love when TikTok eviscerates Tyra. I don't know. Part of me is like, you guys had to be there. But a lot of the p- parts too, it's like, no, you're right, she's crazy. Yeah. Um but anyway, there was that one contestant who was like, Yeah, I'm just like against gay marriage and I don't like gay people. And the whole, like, Miss J and everyone was just sitting there. And they're like, do you know what field you're going into? <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. All the time. Oh, my God. America's Next Model. The thing that gets me the most uh, is season four. They were doing, um, like, an, a jungle-themed photo shoot. And the woman that they made play the elephant, I think her name is Kenya, they literally berated her because she's a size four and we're like too fat they're like the amount of retouching they wouldn't even do on tyra i was like okay isn't it horrifying but yeah i mean <laughs> there was that there not to make it a whole america's next time on a conversation but there was that there was that one too with this woman who was like skinny she was skinny and like she wasn't plus size she was skinny but she was model plus size but tyra was like I mean, at this point, you're going to have to gain weight or get skinnier because you can't be in this in-between thing. Um, there's no there's no market for that. That's like, oh, my God. You're just like, because those were, I mean, I wasn't in I the mean, modeling industry at the time. What but she was she, saying she, was horrifying, but she was right. But it was true. And it was like, 
we're not mad at Tyra where we are, but it's the industry was awful. Amy Schumer has a really funny bit about how like plus size people or even like people who aren't real thin, how, you know, skinny people are hot and um, people like Amy Schumer or something are like brave. She has a great bit about like her getting naked or her doing like, you know, like photo shoots or something. She always is told how brave she is. And she's like, why am I people saying I'm brave? Even on like, I am not a celebrity yet, but anytime I post anything shirtless, I will get a DM of my bravery. And I'm like, I took this and I put it on the internet. Right. Or like body positivity. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I, ju- I just look hot. Just like across the board. Right. I'm not saving a life. I'm not- I feel hot. I look hot. I'm not looking for applause. Right. Just. I'm looking for your calm. That's what I want. All day. <laughs> every day. Uh. Um, one thing you need to be self-conscious about. And it's like, this is such an annoying thing. Feel free to like groan and, and, and slap me. But like. I always thought it was like, I was extremely skinny child. I'm still a twig, but like I was extremely skinny. It just is what it is. And twins are usually skinnier too, um, just because you were tiny. I was like four pounds when I was born. Um, now I'm only 40. Um, <laughs> but uh, I always was annoyed when like parents or like aunts and uncles or whatever would like grab my wrists or something and be like, this boy needs some food. Or like my ribs were always visible because I was just a skinny kid. Uh-huh. And people would always like poke my ribs and be like, oh my God, how weird your ribs. And I would be like, that's my body. Like you're poking my body. <laughs> like, please don't touch me. No, you're not necessarily insulting me, but like, I'd really prefer if there was no conversation about what I look like. Yeah. Cause on either end of the spectrum, you're, yeah. whether you're being told like, oh, look at that chubby kid going back for seconds. Right. Or I can see your ribs. You're creating a narrative that's like, not great. Zero conversation. <laughs> I was like, also halts conversation. Like, what do you want me to say after that? Yes, absolutely. Those are my ribs. Well, that's like whenever like there's a photo of Adele and it's that there's that Onion article that it's so funny where it's like woman loses fifty pounds, which is so beautiful and brave. But she was beautiful and brave before, but her losing weight is also beautiful and brave. Wait, this is confusing. <laughs> and it's like, it's like absolutely the point of view. Like, yeah, nobody should have comments on anybody. No, no unless they literally ask you. No comment. Just no comment. Let Adele be. Let everyone be. Amen. As long as they're happy and healthy, who cares? Who cares? Wow, I think we just solved body positivity. Oh my god, just right here, right now. That feels right here, right now. That feels so good. <laughs> Thank you for also doing this with your shirt off the whole time. It really has helped. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Feel free to compliment my abs. Your ab looks so good. A singular <laughs> one ab. Great ab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how? Did you start becoming a front-facing comedy queen? Um, I mean, there are so many people who are so much more successful than me. So um, by no means am I a originator or um, even like one of the more popular ones now. I've never been. I've never been the it person. But um, I really leaned into it. I started posting videos in like, well, I used to do Vine. So I used to love that stuff. And I used to have like Vine followers, which was fun. When I worked at the Apple store, sometimes people would be like, I follow you on Vine. And I loved that. But um, I used to make my own little videos, like stop motion and whatever. And then I found how easy it was. It wasn't easy. It was very hard. But how easy it was to share this content I made and find an audience who like it through Vine and now through TikTok and Twitter or something. And uh, 
it really was just kind of like, wow, all of my, like, how can I ever have like a film fest? I'd have a short debut at a film fest for something. Three people came. So it was just kind of like, okay, I can find a median where I can make things. And sometimes they completely pop off. Like the stupidest shit gets like, you know, I'd be thrilled when something has a thousand views. And now like, I'll have like the dumb video get a million views on TikTok or something. And it's like the stupidest shit can really just find people. And uh, it's encouraging. It's kind of like, you know, I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I mean, nobody in this industry, but like various celebrities have shared my videos or like um, Elizabeth Banks has shared multiple of my videos. She's a fan, doesn't follow, but she's shared multiple things. And it just makes me feel good and excited because like, you know, plenty of people probably don't think I'm funny or enjoy my things, but it's like, okay, I may never get anywhere, but like right now what I'm doing, I'm enjoying, which is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are seeing it, which is fun. It's just a fun concept especially during quarantine. Thank God that was fun making videos and just being like, wow, I'm not invisible. And like my work doesn't mean nothing. And like, I don't know, people I don't know saw it. That's a, that's a win. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a way to take that. Like everything stopped. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. I feel sure. like a nobody in this industry that I am in. How do I take ownership of, what I want to do and what I am best at and put it out. And it gave me an audience Mm -hmm. and like in quarantine, no offense to anybody who invited me on any of your things. I loved every, every, every bit of it. I did some like, like Instagram stuff. Some was fun. Some was like a, like Instagram standup, like a zoom standup. I hate, I hated it. Cause like you lose, you lose the the audience is the best part of that stuff. I actually have my first show. I'm very excited on Friday, pros quarantine standup. I'm very excited. Um, but I was like, okay, this median doesn't work in this way. I'm going to make my own videos and just share them. And if that's my own way of being like comedy or whatever, because people say like front-facing camera comedy now, like, like disparaging, I feel like, and they're like how annoying or cringy or whatever, chuggy or whatever the Gen Z calls it. Sure. (laughs) But like, whatever, I'm having fun. Some of my videos get 30 faves. Some of them get 300,000. Like most of them get 30 faves. So, like, I don't know. I've kind of, one thing I am excited that, like, I've kind of graduated, especially with TikTok. I've graduated into I don't care. I'll delete videos, sure. I don't give a shit. I don't want to, if something isn't popular, like, if I tell a joke on stage and no one laughs, guess what I'm not telling next time I perform? That joke. Yeah. It's the same thing with my videos. Sometimes they're complete flops and I delete them. I used to be so hard on myself when I'd have something not do well. Now I'm like, what a flop, delete, moving on. I'm going to go get some food. Yeah, I made it. It didn't work. It wasn't. Didn't work. Well, absolutely. Also, like, what were you going to do? Like, you can test it on your boyfriend, but there's only so many times he can tell you that you're not Oh, my God. Funny. And he's the worst. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's the, he finds everything. Oh, my God, that's cute. And it's like, although my brother is a really good audience because he's, we have similar senses of humor and he's very open to be like, that was dumb. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're like, I liked, uh, this might be deleted, but. You had a video where you were just calling your friends and asking who was playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's definitely not deleted. Um, <laughs> that was a random one that I did not think it would blow up like it did. I had, I had, I don't know if you're on TikTok. I had both Super Bowl teams in my replies on TikTok, um, being like, like kind of like jokingly yelling at me and then yelling at the other team. Um, so that one kind of really found an audience of <laughs> sports people, which I've never found before. Whole new world. Um, bunch of straight guys kind of, some, most were like laughing because obviously everyone in the video looked very gay. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
uh, so yeah, I had like ally straight guys in my replies being like, LOL, love, love this or something. And I was like, Hmm, I've never had this before. They're like, love this hashtag LB LGBTQIA plus or LBGLQIA. Right. Doing their best. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing their best. Uh, no, it's great. I think I, I could not do any zoom standup. I was like, I, I won't because I can't hear you laugh. It's unless I want a muffled like you won't hear my next word. I'm vain. Yeah. I need you to hear my words. Like I don't do stand up because I'm shy. Like <laughs> I think I just really there was one where like my friend uh did it uh who we just played games with various games mm-hmm. and he's very successful and has audiences. The Instagram live had four viewers, one of whom was my boyfriend in the other room and the other one I think was just my family. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was no audience. I had a blast. So it's kind of like, well, no one's looking at this. Who cares? On that first part, everybody just decided Instagram Live was the thing. I felt like 8 p.m. came around and my phone literally blew up. Oh, my God. It's like Right. Which is like, I get, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many people who are like, we want to make it. We want to perform. We, it does not, this isn't like a backup for me. This is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to act. I'm going to perform. I may never be, I may never be successful, but this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I felt like when people are like being like, Oh my God, another, like whatever. It's like, you guys, like what other option do we have? Like, I wish my interest was just like, well, I have a lot of boring interests, but like not to insult anybody else, but it's like, we want to do like, let us just have our two people viewing. Okay. Let me just have that. I wish what I trained and wanted to do for a job for my entire life. I was able to do at home from a desk. And this is me trying it because I had to. Well, in like, look at like people like Meg Stalter and Grace Colin Schmidt or even like Joe Castle Baker. Like, um, I love all of them. Uh, Grace and Meg are Chicago girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know them from Chicago, but like Meg blew up from quarantine content. Now she's on an HBO show and she's legit famous. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Colin Schmidt is also booking gigs like, and blew up during quarantine. Like, I don't know. Like they, I mean, there, there was, you know, not to be like, there's a lot of art to come from quarantine or whatever, but like they did it. Yeah. You gotta, it's the, it's the dream. It's the dream. Find, find a video that I made and call me and I'm on HBO. Love it. Into it. Literally forever. I'll do any, I'll do any of the HBOs bring back. Very proud of, very proud of all of them. Any HBO that wants to find me. Um, you're good. Yeah. Not to be random, but I will do your TV show. <laughs> Not to be totally crazy, but I am ready to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, as we are starting to wind down the pod, I ask this of all of my guests. Do you have any questions for me? Am I allowed to ask why are you the way you are? You can if you'd like. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, who is, if you were in an elevator trapped for five minutes who is a character actress you would like to be trapped in an elevator with Ooh, um i would like to be trapped with i'd like to be trapped with ann dowd be- perfect because i too feel like my career will not pop off until much later than i wanted it to love that. I, I mean i'm allison janney is one of my favorite actors uh-huh well yeah she was in her 40s when she popped off and like Steve Carell as well. I just need a little advice from someone that that happened for, you know? Absolutely. I love that. That's a great answer. Okay. Can I ask a controversial question? Sure. Yes. I am gay. Who's a, who's a current pop person uh-huh. 
who doesn't do it for you? Doesn't do it for me. Um, I mean, it's not really controversial to say that I'm not like a Camila Cabello person, uh, but she does not oh, do yeah. it for me. Not in any sort of like, I, I just don't think that her musical identity is fascinating or interesting. I'll give you my two hot takes. I'll get canceled for one of them. Yeah. I'll give you the less cancelable one. Um, I think he's hot. I think he has a great voice. Harry Styles. I don't get it. Fair. His first album had a couple songs I liked. I felt like it was like him trying to find some sort of identity, which is your first album. Mm-hmm. But then the like, second album, I didn't get it at all. It's just not for me. And people are like obsessed with Harry Styles. And I'm like, okay, talent there. I don't get it. Um, the other one, which is cancelable. Are you ready? I'm ready. You hate to find Lana. I Lana is not for me. I don't get it. Lana is not for me. I know so like, many sad I, girls who write the same poetry. It's like, I listen, Born to Die, when that song came out, I was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, video games, great song. But like, people like tell me like, they're like, oh my God, and Lana in her whatever era, that song. And it's like, this song is, I, you know what? I'm not going to say it's bad because it, it's, you can't objectively say something is bad in, in that realm. I hate when people do that. Um, but like, it's not for me. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I'm almost being gaslit because like that, that album that everyone loved, um, Norman, Norman fucking Rockwell or whatever. Yeah. I listened to it. It's like, yep, this is music. Yes. And it doesn't click for me. So that's just one of the ones where it's like when people are like Lana stands, it's like, I can't, I can't do a car ride where we only listen to Lana. I can't do it. I tried. I tried. Okay. I was home. I was in Oregon. I was driving at sunrise. Like I'm kind of just like set up for this. You're creating a vibe for it. Right. Right. And I listened to the album. Like I don't. You're right. You're right. You're like, well, I did it. I I did everything I could. But like, and that's the fun thing about being a Nora Jones stan because it's like, nobody has opinions on her. They're like, Oh, they don't know why girl. And it's like, she sold 50 million albums and won nine Grammys. Do your homework. She's outsold all of your faves. Do your research. Um, do your research. But, uh, she has a lot of great music. I'll, I'll send you a playlist. Thank you. But, um, it is just funny. Cause it's like, I'm never going to fight someone over Nora Jones. <laughs> Like, you're never going to meet someone who's like, I hate Nora Jones. They're going to be like, oh, I haven't thought about her. Right, I'm like, great. <laughs> um, besides Nora, who did you, like, deep dive into during the core, if you did, musically? Um, deep dive into during... Um, I listened to The Carpenters. Okay. I listened to... Uh, I love Aretha Franklin. Deep dive into her, because the movie's coming out. She's She has so many great, so much great music. Because I feel like... I only knew Aretha singles mm-hmm. and it's like, no, this an icon. Let's learn her. She's incredible. She has this album with just unreleased studio versions of songs. She did. It's like 30, 30 songs. There will never be a better voice. It's, um, yeah, it's insane. And then who else did I listen to a lot of, I don't know. I got Leon Bridges. He's great. Great. Love. Um, who did you dive into? I, I mean, I was already a Taylor Swift fan. Spotify recently told me that I am in the top 6%. So that was too deep for me. Um, Swifty safe place. Don't worry. (laughs) I, the chicks, I really got into. Oof. Controversy. Not, not a chicks person. Not for you. Love them. Love. Could not get into the new album. Oh, maybe you're not a Jack Antonoff fan. I'm not. There we go. Figured it out. But I've liked a lot of songs he does. I just feel like. It was a it was a chicks album with Jack Antonoff. It wasn't a chicks album. 
it was a crossover. It's the equivalent of like an artist doing a duet album with someone. That's what it was. Which like it didn't have it didn't have spunk. It had emotion. It had lyric. But like even the like on the boat stuff, it's like it was a poem. It was Lana Del Rey doing the chicks. And I was like, okay, not for me. Not for you. That's all right. Um, I did really love release night. You like old chicks, right? Um, oh yeah. I Okay, great. I like I was talking about literally today how Travel and Soldier gets me every time and it's just manipulation like from the start <laughs> uh they have that lyric in long time gone where it's like uh mama's still cooking too much for dinner and me i've been a long time gone that's been like a that clicks with me so deeply mm-hmm. of like my grandma my mom how big my family is and anytime you go over there there's so much food and it's like kind of like a this is a sad thought but i'm kind of like my grandparents have passed but like, I, like when i would go visit them it's like wow, you guys are still here. And, like, nothing's changed. Not a thing. So, like, some of those, like, country lyrics really, really, like, resonate with me. Yeah, when it's a good... Good music is just so nice. Good music, yeah. I was I was a big fan of release nights during quarantine. I thought they were Huge. a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Folklore Night, my boyfriend and I laid on the ground and listened to it start to finish twice. And it's like... We lo- I like Taylor Swift a lot, but I've never done that with any album. But it's just like, what else am I doing right now? Yeah, like, what else is going on? And we had no idea what was coming. I cleared out the living room. Sean Doherty and I put down, like, I was like, I feel like it's just going to be earthy. So we, like, put down, like, blankets on the ground and it's soft I literally lighting. think I remember seeing photos of it. Yeah, and then we took an edible and then put our separate headphones on and said, deuces. And, uh, what a night. I did love Evermore, too, though. I feel like some people mm-hmm. were more lukewarm in Evermore. I loved Evermore. Couples on vinyl. She got me. Um, Cowboy Like Me, perfect country song. Perfect country song. No notes. No notes. No notes. Not a, None. Not Gold Rush, note. not a single note. I want to dance to Gold Rush. Every time it comes on, I want to be in a club. <sighs> I want to look a man in the eye. I want to find him. First Taylor Swift, both of those albums, first Taylor Swift albums in a while, I like the lead singles, too. She famously does not choose the best lead single. If I don't ever hear Shake It Off or Me Again, I would be perfectly happy. Should have been Cruel Summer. Um, Ugh, great song. <laughs> and we're never going to hear it live. No, it's never going to tour. <laughs> well, before we dangerously veer off into a yeah, new Taylor Swift stand podcast, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the pod. This has been thank delightful. Thank you for having me. Where can the kids find you? All social media, I am at MFBenji, M-F-B-E-N-J-I, not motherfucking Benji, Michael Francis Benjamin. Everyone thinks it's motherfucking, which is, like, fun. Um, <laughs> MFBenji, Twitter, Instagram. I'm starting to do some shows again, so I um, would love to see you if you're in L.A. Go support live music, live comedy, if you can, and you feel safe doing it. I guarantee the venues are taking precautions. Wear a mask. Um, go support live things again. We don't get paid for any of this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I have enjoyed every moment of this. And until Thank you. Next time, y'all. Bye. Bye.